0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. If you've ever said, I wish I could control my thoughts, or I overanalyze all the time, or if I just lost weight, then I'd stop thinking and stressing about food, then this episode is especially for you. Welcome to the Non Diet Nutritionist Podcast the podcast that promises to deliver a refreshing and no-bullshit approach to how we view food, body, and ourselves. I'm your host, Renee Bartlett, clinical nutritionist turned non-diet nutritionist and coach. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, lovely people, and welcome. Today is all about changing your mind and not your body. This would have to be one of my favorite topics because thought work or mindset work really is the pillar. It's the foundation to true change. And you may have heard that before, and I don't know whether you've tried it. I don't know you know, your experience with it, but it Absolutely is a game changer. It is what I do right at the very start with all of my clients and for very, very good reason. And it's why now as we're starting to get into more of the nitty gritty of, you know, change when it comes to how you view yourself, your body and food, it's, you know, not a mistake that I've put this right at the start because this is what I really Underpin with everything I do. It's why we have this something to think about thought at the end of every episode because thought work is everything. Um, so in this episode, I want to explain a little bit about what it is and how it's different to positive affirmations. That's one thing I really want to make clear because a lot of people go, "Well, you know, I've done all the positive affirmations and it hasn't worked." I'm like, "Yeah, no shit." I'll tell you why it actually doesn't work um, for most people, I should say. Um, so. Let's get into it. Um, now, from my personal experience, I have been doing thought work for as long as I can remember as an adult. I just didn't really know that that's what I was doing. And I've always been one of those people that that is, I guess, more on the, you know, positive side of life and glasses half full. I'm an optimist. I also am quite intuitive and in, and in touch with my body. So it was kind of, you know, it's no wonder that I'm doing the work that I'm doing now. And I think that's why I started to implement my own kind of mindset strategies and everything that I've done without actually being trained in it. And when I was trained to do it later on in life, then I was like, oh, okay, now I understand why I was able to get myself out of some kind of shit sandwich situation and pull on through to the other side um it was from the thought work so that's kind of my experience with it and some of the situations that that I dealt with um there's probably three look there's a lot of a lot of them but the three main ones that were really big moments in my life that I look back on and go whoa fuck high five Renee you dealt with that like a freaking champ um The first one was I was actually divorced early on in my life. So I am in my second marriage. I was actually married quite young in my early 20s. Long story short, I'm not going to go into the details. But anyway, before I was even 25, we were divorced. Um, And I had to deal with, you know, and I was a soldier too, so I had to, you know, be dealing with that whilst I was in the military and putting on this brave face because... You know, emotions in the military wasn't really something that, look, I'm going to say I didn't feel comfortable doing, and I think it was because, you know, as a woman you put up this facade of who you need to be to fit in, and, yeah, that was my experience. So anyway, divorce early on in life I had to figure out a way, and I'm so proud of myself. I can recall sitting on the couch um, going, this could actually be a really big turning point in my life. And I remember getting in my car, going for a drive um, and I sat in the car and I remember out loud saying, Renee, you are going to actively make the decision that you are not going to let this guy's infidelity and having an affair and all of that ruin rest of your life and your relationships, because I knew that I could taint every guy with that same brush. And so I actively made the decision and I said out loud, I'm like, this is his issue. It is not mine. There is absolutely nothing wrong with me. This is his loss. This is his fault. I have done nothing wrong and not every guy is like him. And that was it. I moved on and I did not have a trust issue with any guy from that point onwards, which I find quite remarkable given the amount of deceit that um, I actually experienced in that relationship. So that is just a testament to how much we can decide what we want for ourselves. And the trick here, and I'm going to share this in how the difference between that and positive affirmations is I truly believed that. Um, I knew that not every guy was like him and I knew not every guy was going to hurt me in that way and I believed it. I just had to remind myself of that and make that decision that that is what I was going to believe and then I moved on. Um, The second incident that happened in my life was um, being deployed in active war zones, and uh, I was deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq. And for any of you listening who've been in those environments, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and even for those service sisters who are in the police or paramedics, fires, anything like that where you have this potential where your life could be threatened or you're in a very highly stressful, high-threatening situation on a regular occurrence, There's a different level of mindset that you need to have to deal with that. And for me, I, you know, there were times when I was really shitting my pants, let's be honest. Um, (laughs) I definitely was. But to bring myself back down and to be able to function and do what I needed to do and, you know, live in these environments for months on end, I actively believed and told myself and made the decision that I trust myself and the training I have received. I trust myself and the training I've received. And it worked because I believed it. I said this and I believed it. And that was the decision I made. I could have had a completely different experience in those war zones if I had had a different thought, which was, I don't trust the training I've had. Can you imagine how then I would have behaved and interacted in that environment. It just wouldn't have been the same experience. So I went into every situation knowing that I had my own back and that was it. And also that, you know, my my teammates, my colleagues had my back also and I had theirs. So that was the second. The third thing that was a really big kind of pivotal moment for me was uh, my credibility as a nutritionist. And If you remember back to episode one, I talked about how my body had changed when I came back from overseas, naturally, you know, I was eating very differently. I was moving my body in a very different way and I didn't look the same. And as a nutritionist, I had this perception that I needed to look a certain way in order to be a nutritionist. I had to change my mindset about that and I changed it to my body size does not equate to Credibility in my job. My body size does not equate to credibility in my job. And then I also moved that into my health status does not equate to credibility in my job. Now, here's the interesting thing about this one, and this is why I've left it to the last. I didn't fully believe that. I didn't fully believe it. And I said that to myself. And as a result, it was very easy for me to be taken off course and go and take on someone else's belief. So because I wasn't really set in this thought and this belief that I was saying, the instant that anyone would comment on my body or the instant that anyone would say, mm, I don't know if I really trust you as a nutritionist because you know of the way you look or because of this disease or whatever else, I would believe them. I would take that on board or I'd get really annoyed and angry and felt like I had to justify myself. Whereas if I completely believed that, I wouldn't have given a shit what anyone said about me. I just wouldn't have because it's my own belief, you know. Now where this has changed is in the last two, no, probably three years where I fully embodied and embraced an intuitive eating lifestyle. I no longer have the disordered eating habits. I freaking believe that. My body size does not equate to credibility in my job. I believe that my health status does not equate to credibility in my job. I believe that. So it doesn't matter if I am in a larger body, a smaller body, the same body than I am right now, that means jack shit about my credibility to do my job. And this is the point I want to make here is that I had the same thought, right? This is a thought that I tried to embody, you know, maybe six or seven years ago and it didn't work, didn't really stick. And that's because I didn't believe it. I now have that same thought and it is sticking. It is sticking to me. There is no way that's going to shake and that is because I believe it. And this, my friends, is the difference between the thought work and the mindset work that I do with my clients and positive affirmations because with positive affirmations, you're kind of already going to that goal thought, right? You go to that goal thought and you say it over and over and over again and you do all the things. So maybe... You stand in front of the mirror every morning and 50 times before you even leave, you go, I am worthy of love. I love my body. And you say that over and over and over again. You do it again at night and months and months and months go by and you're like, but I still feel like shit. (laughs) And then that's another thing that you feel like you failed because you don't feel any different. You don't look at your body and feel like you're accepting it anymore, but you're like, but how can that be? I've been doing everything perfectly I've been doing these affirmations. I've been doing it every day. The reason why you still think the way you do is because you don't believe it. You've gone straight for Everest. You've gone straight to the top without doing any kind of training to get you up to there. So here's here's how I coach thought work is we go, okay, there's your Everest. That's your goal thought. What are the steps that we need to take to get you up to believing that? Because when we practice a thought we have to believe it. And we may not believe it 100%, but you kind of want to be about 60 mm, to 70% that there's still a piece of you inside that's like, "Oh yeah, I believe it." Not 100%, but I I I feel it. I feel it there. Right? Big difference. And so think of it like climbing Everest. Um I haven't climbed Everest. I've gone to Everest base camp, but not Everest. Um you have to acclimatize yourself and you have to do different altitudes at varying levels and you go up to a level, okay, altitude, you camp there for um, a period of time until your body adjusts and then you go up a little bit and then maybe come back down again and your body adjusts at that altitude. Once your body has acclimatized and adjust, then you go to the next camp up a bit higher and up again and you keep doing that all the way until you get to Everest. That is how thought work operates, your Everest is your goal. You don't go straight there. You don't do the positive affirmations and go straight to the top. No, if you did that on an Everest climb, you'd be dead. You're not acclimatized. You can't do it. So instead, you go to each camp and you go, right, let's embody this thought. Let's think about this. Let's, you know, stay here until I'm believing it. Let's keep practicing this thought. Let's look for proof that this is actually true in and around my life. You know, where am I seeing proof that there is more to me than my body? Where am I seeing proof that I don't have to follow these food rules? Where am I seeing proof that I am enough, that I don't need to keep proving who I am? Once you've embodied that particular thought, the little baby thought, then you go to the next one and you go to the next one, your next one. And this is where a coach like me helps you to go, okay, that's your goal thought. And then I help you create what those little mini thoughts are. And before you know it, You're at that goal thought and you don't even think about it anymore. It becomes so ingrained. It becomes who you are. Just like in that earlier instance, you know, um, on my deployments overseas, it's not like I had to keep telling myself that I trust myself in the training. That was a part of who I was because I believed it. I didn't have to keep practicing that thought. I fully believed it. And so it showed up in everything that I did on operations it showed up in everything that I did in, in the way that I interacted. And that's the same with how you view your body and the way that you view food and the way that you view yourself. When you change your thoughts and you truly embody and believe it, poof, that's where your life changes. You're not even trying anymore. You're not trying to be somebody else. You're not trying to fit in and, you know, be everything to everyone. You are just you. And it's, Freaking amazing! And this is why thought work is so important. Can you see now that if we just bypass this complete step and went straight to okay, let's work on your food relationship, all very valid, right? Let's say we just jump straight to that and just work us purely on the intuitive eating, but we didn't clean up the thoughts that you had or kind of work on where it is that you're going. You know, it's not going to be for too long before those old patterns keep um, popping back in. Because our beliefs, which drive our thoughts, are long ingrained. These are things that, you know, parents have probably told us as kids and we've taken them on as gospel. And here's the thing, and this might blow your mind a little bit, our thoughts are actually not true. They're not facts. This is just what our brain has created to keep us safe or it's a default because it's something that we've heard or seen and and we just think that it's true. I want you to think about that for a moment. Think of some of the things that your brain tells you. Is it actually true? Can I tell you? It probably isn't. And it's our thoughts that create our emotions, and then our emotions is what creates the behavior, right? We don't just behave a certain way out of nowhere. Something's driving that. And we don't just feel something out of nowhere. Something is driving that. You know what's driving it? It's our thoughts, and our thoughts are completely derived from our beliefs, our perceptions, our experience in life. All of it comes together to create these behaviours that we have. And I don't like to just tell you something and go, okay, this is how it is. I want you to experience this for yourself right now. Um, so either going on forward from this podcast episode or you could even try it now, I want you to think about a time when you felt something unpleasant. Your emotion was unpleasant. So think of, th- think of things like guilt, shame, frustration. What are the thoughts that you had that led to you feeling that way? You didn't just all of a sudden feel guilty. There was a thought that created that guilt. Okay. Now think of a time where you felt pleasant. Maybe a happy, excited, confident, calm. What thoughts preceded that feeling? What was it that created that feeling that was pleasant for you? And if you want, you may want to pause this podcast right now and go ahead and really think about that. Or as you move through your day, the remainder of your day or tomorrow, whenever you happen to be, you know, having a time, think about it. When you get a really obvious emotion, think about the thought that created that. And I guarantee you'll be like, oh, my gosh, Renee, you are onto something. Um <laughs> my goodness, come back and re-listen to this. Or I would love for you to reach out and you can, you know, we can work on this together because it is incredible. Once you realise that you really are in the driver's seat of driving your behaviour purely by changing your thoughts, it's an, it's a game changer. Um, and I don't just use it to help my clients have a better relationship with food in their body, but it's also a better relationship with themselves, particularly my service sisters out there who come from a male-dominated work environment or come from an environment where they feel like they need to prove themselves or they need to be perfect, where the general message is that you're not enough, either said to you or implied. Um, If you can get around your own thoughts around that and manage your mind, whew, it doesn't matter what anybody tells you. It doesn't matter what anyone's implied. Sister, you are going places. Trust me. Um, <laughs> that is just what happens. So uh, it's a really powerful tool. Um, and I hope that this has maybe given you something to think about in how you view your body and your and your world. It really is down to the, um, the perception and the thoughts that you have. It, it honestly is. So today's something to think about is this. I get to decide what to think about me, my body, and my life. I get to decide what to think about me, my body, and my life. That is your thought for today, and I hope you have a wonderful day, evening, midday, whatever it happens to be, and I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode. Bye for now. Hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast. And you can find me across all social media at The Non-Diet Nutritionist. This is the place to go if you want to join my free email list and get heaps of non-diet nutrition content. Also to learn more about my one-on-one three-month coaching package that I take my clients through to go from confused to confident with their food in a non diet approach.